Hello, fine people of Australia and decent people from everywhere else. Thank you so much for joining me here today. My name is Josh Selway. I'm bringing you another episode of the Fantasy Unleashed podcast. First, I want to say, if you haven't checked out FantasyUnleashed.com, go check it out. I just posted my unleashing report for the week where I'll be going over fantasy players that could see more involvement going forward or just might be in the spotlight more in the coming weeks and some other things that are happening in society as well to mix in there because I like talking about random shit and every once in a while trying to be funny. Uh, I'll be expanding on those and putting more work into that going forward, so check that out. And I'll try to get the Beaver set up for a podcast later this week so he can bring you his quote-unquote alpha plays for DFS, but we'll see. It tends to be a bit difficult to get him set up on the technology front and just contacting him at all in general. tends to be a huge issue, but we'll work on that. In the meantime, today, we are going over the scoring leaders for the first half of the fantasy football season. Now, it's a good time to reflect back and remember how much uncertainty there was before the season and how lucky we are to even be here today. Should we have a moment of silence? I think so. Okay, that was it. Thank you. And now we can move on. So, I want to go through the scoring leaders, picking out the biggest observations I have at each position. While I'm doing this, if you happen to hear any yelling, screaming in the background, that's just my family. Uh, Please don't mind them. We're all just slowly losing our minds over here. So we'll just work through that. Okay, so let's start at the top here. Let's start at the quarterback position and my main takeaways here. So first off, let's start at the top and hit the top scorer at each position. We'll do at least the top five at each position. So at quarterback, halfway through the season, it goes Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, and then Tom Brady. Now those first four are people you told me before the year, Yes, I would believe that they were there. Tom Brady, I was lower on. I did not think he'd be a fantasy asset. I thought the Bucs would do well. I thought their offense would be efficient, but I did not think he would score enough points to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. And here he is as a top five quarterback. I got to give him props. And he's done that with a mix of weapons, losing weapons, losing OJ Howard. Chris Godwin's out every other week. But Tom Brady has been finding a way, and now he gets Antonio Brown. So we'll see if that can hold up. And what's interesting when I think back now, looking at the quarterback position, how it's played out in the first half of the year, is how important it was to get one of those early quarterbacks. You imagine if Dak didn't get hurt, he'd be up. He'd probably be, he'd bump Brady out of the top five. So that means it would have been all those quarterbacks that you think, hey, these guys, these are the guys you have to draft, what, before round six. So the early round quarterbacks actually are proven to be tremendously valuable because there's such a big drop off after them. These guys, you know, if you didn't get one of these guys, it, it can be a tough scene here. I mean, you got Watson coming in at number seven. He's right behind in points per game. He actually is scoring more points per game than Brady. Uh, he's just played one less game than Brady. So Watson may actually move into the top five here sooner than later. He's playing out of his mind. Uh, Another major observation here, Joe Burrow at number nine. Before the season, Beaver persuaded us to move Joe Burrow up our rankings, saying he's a a once-in-a-lifetime 
prospect. He has got great weapons. Let's not shy away from this. We had him at about QB 12, I believe, coming into the year, maybe a little bit higher. And right now he's QB 9. Joe Burrow is putting up points. Now, as for the biggest disappointments here, we have Lamar Jackson down at QB 14. He's still scoring 20 fantasy points per game, but that has come through a series of boom or bust games. And he's had an issue with turnovers this year. And obviously that's not a huge killer from a fantasy standpoint as like, well, you lose one point or whatever for a fumble, but it has hurt their offense to get in a groove and put up more points overall, which has hurt him. So Lamar Jackson, anyone who spent a second, third round pick on him, deeply regretting that decision right now. We'll see if he can continue to have some bigger games in the second half of the season, though. Looking down the list, another big one here that stands out is Matthew Stafford down at QB19. Obviously, just a rough year for the Lions overall. Galladay out. Now he's out again. You know, they're focused, again, on running the ball like they were uh, before last year. So just a tough scene for Stafford down at QB19. And now, apparently, he's on the COVID list. So it's not getting any better there. And Cam Newton, obviously, speaking of rough patches in COVID, he's down at QB 24 right now through the first half of the season. Oh, and another guy that many people thought would could be a good late round quarterback pick, Daniel Jones. He is at QB 26 because he sucks. Okay, let's go over to running back, and this is going to be for half point PPR scoring. Here is the top five through the first half of the season. We have Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, and then the biggest surprise of all, James Robinson. Congratulations to anyone who picked up James Robinson early on. In one of my leagues, there was a trade for James Robinson. Someone traded Mark Andrews and someone else for James Robinson. I thought they were out of their mind. I'm a complete idiot. That's why you should never listen to me. James Robinson sitting here now as the RB5 on the season. Good job, sir. Right below him is another guy I was not high on. Well, I mean, I didn't even know who James Robinson was, so I wasn't high or low on him. But I was not high on Todd Gurley coming in this year. I did not think the Falcons' running back position would be very fantasy relevant. But Todd Gurley continues to find the end zone. Not a lot of big plays, but he's been scoring a lot. That has bumped him up to running back number six. And what's interesting is that as disappointing as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been to the first half of the year, many people were expecting more. It seems he's left a lot of points on the board, some touchdowns called back, just not taking advantage of a lot of opportunities, hasn't busted like a big screen pass or anything like that, like Damian Williams used to. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire still the RB9 on the season, albeit he's benefited because he's played a total of eight games and he's only down at 12.8 fantasy points per game. But still right now, overall, number nine. Another interesting observation here at running back, Ronald Jones coming in at RB13. So he's on the borderline of RB1 through the first half of the season. Now, obviously, Leonard Fournette seems to be uh, taking over there as the main guy, at least from an overall snaps and touch standpoint. But, you know, depending on where you took Ronald Jones, even that first half of the year could be worth that sixth, seventh round pick, depending on where you got him. Uh, in some leagues. So maybe not uh, an overall bad pick there, even if he fades away here down the stretch in the second half of the season. And and speaking of guys, this is like another Todd Gurley guy. David Montgomery is RB15 right now. He's only scoring 11.5 fantasy points per game. 
but he's getting all the touches. He's putrid. It's not pretty, but through eight games for him, uh, he's been in every single game, and he's out there. I mean, that's all you need from a running back, right? He's out there. All right, moving on to wide receiver. In half-point PPR, our top five fantasy scores are Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, Tyree Kill, Tyler Lockett, and DeAndre Hopkins. So out of that group, to me, the most surprising one, well, I guess it's just that you have two Seahawks in there. Not many people would be expecting that coming into the season. But again, if you would have told us that, probably wouldn't be that surprised. We'd say, oh my God, they're finally letting Russ throw the ball. And look what we have going here. Two Seahawks in the top five. Calvin Ridley as the number one overall fantasy receiver through the first half of the season. Big props to everyone that joined in on the Calvin Ridley hype. Looking at the rest of the top 10, I think two of the biggest surprises are Stephon Diggs and Tyler Boyd. Now, Stephon Diggs is like a Packers situation where I didn't expect Aaron Rodgers to have good fantasy value, but given the changes they made in the offense that you could not foresee, he's become more productive. And it's like Buffalo where you couldn't project that all of a sudden they'd go so pass happy and change their offense in all the ways that they have. What do you know? Stephon Diggs now one of the top fantasy wide receivers. He's at number six right now. Through eight games, he's put up 14.3 fantasy points per game. Uh, Congratulations to anyone that got that value on Stephon Diggs during draft season. And Tyler Boyd's just soaking up the most valuable targets from Joe Burrow. I don't know if Tyler Boyd can hold this pace. He's got his bye this week. He's been really solid. And again, a lot of high-quality targets from Joe Burrow. Uh, I heard some analysts uh, talk about how Joe Burrow really targeted the slot in college. So props to them for making that connection. And getting Tyler Boyd, who was a 6th, 7th round pick. Good value there at wide receiver for steady production. Okay, going a little further down the list here, I think another interesting observation is that DJ Moore is still wide receiver 15. A lot of people have felt that he's been disappointing. He's only scoring 12 fantasy points per game, but he's still at wide receiver 15. So, you know, not he's not completely destroying your teams based on where you drafted him. Moving down the list a little bit here, we got some rookie wide receivers coming up now. Justin Jefferson is the wide receiver 18. You have Chase Claypool, who's the wide receiver 20. You have CeeDee Lamb, who's the wide receiver 23. T. Higgins, wide receiver 24. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver 25. And guess who Brandon Ayuk is tied with so far? At wide receiver 25, Travis Fulgham. Through five games, He is the wide receiver 25, scoring 16.4 fantasy points per game. He is the James Robinson of the wide receiver position. And then rounding out the top 30 here, props to Cole Beasley, our late round wide receiver target in best ball. I have, I don't even know how many shares. He's probably saving my best ball teams. Thank you, Cole Beasley. Great work there. Meanwhile, A.J. Green is wide receiver 67. Fuck. All right, now let's hit on tight end real quick. The top five goes as Travis Kelsey, who scored 119 points so far. The next closest is George Kittle at 79.6. Travis Kelsey is in a tier of his own. He is absolutely smashing. And after Kittle, it goes Darren Waller, T.J. Hawkinson, and Robert Tanyan. Not a great year for the late round tight end. Not a great year for tight end at all. It's been a complete shit show. 
Uh, we got Mark Andrews actually coming at number six. He's obviously been disappointing. I don't know how many observations you can really make here at the tight end position. I think one of the biggest ones is that Jimmy Graham has been the tight end nine so far. He was basically, what, undrafted coming in this year? But, I mean, for me, the biggest observation is that these late-round tight ends, besides, I guess, John who's been okay, but he hasn't, like, broken out, TJ Hawkinson's been definitely the best of all the late-round guys. I guess he so far has been the breakout late-round tight end, but, I mean, there really hasn't been one like we've seen years past with Mark Andrews and players like that. My big pick was Mike Jasicki who's totally crashed and burned now. I still believe in his ability, his ability to catch a lot of touchdown passes that just hasn't come to fruition. We'll see if Tua starts to throw a little more, if they find any type of connection, but I I really doubt it. It's just not not really happening here for Jasicki. He's stuck down at uh, tight end 17. He's below Evan Ingram at 16, Hunter Henry at 15. I mean, right now, Gronk's tight end 10. Dalton Schultz is tight end 11. It's just, it's been really tough at tight end this year. If you don't have Kelsey, you know, it doesn't really matter, honestly, now that Kittle's hurt again. And what's interesting is that uh, how Kelsey stacks up with the wide receiver position. As I said, he scored 119 points, which would right now have him as the wide receiver five ahead of DeAndre Hopkins on the year. So that is how effective Travis Kelsey has been. If you have him in the in any FFPC league, you have to be totally dominating unless your team completely sucks everywhere else. So congrats to the people who took the shot on Kelsey in FFPC where it is 1.5 points per reception four tight ends there any other observations i'm seeing here for tight end not really not really a tough scene at tight end and we won't even bother mentioning the irv smith hype from the preseason that we uh we were involved in we don't need to go down that route so all right, folks, those are your fantasy football scoring leaders for the first half of the season. If I'm you guys, I am preparing for the second half of the season, thinking about what things could change. You got guys like Miles Sanders, for instance, coming back from injury. And if you recall last year, he was a league winner. I will say the Eagles have a pretty easy schedule in the second half of the year. So I'd keep an eye on that and just other situations where things could change once the weather starts getting cooled. Teams that had rough first halves of the year, maybe like the Ravens, Mark Andrews could be a good buy low candidate. Any situation like that, don't get stuck thinking that just because the first half went a certain way, that's how it's going to go in the second half. Things change dramatically in the NFL, even week to week. So what we saw in the first half, you know, it'll be interesting to come back and look at it from where we end up in the second half of the season. So that's all I have for today. Thank you guys all so much for listening. We'll be back soon with more from the Fantasy Unleashed podcast. We'll talk to you later.